Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. And I don't think that Dr. Jean's on the call yet, but hopefully she'll be here soon. Should we do a half of applause? <laughs> okay, that's well. Quick I think I got you. cheated there. Ah, there she is. All She's right. here. So maybe Hi. give us more applause. <laughs> ah, Dr. Jean, that's for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> they were only giving me a little snippet of a of a applause oh. that you were in here. So now I'm that we're sorry, I don't know. I you know sometimes I don't get into your queue right away. Really? Oh, yeah. this is going to be an interesting night already. We're having problems on Blog Talk Radio. What, uh, did I say that it's in retrograde or something? Uh, I'll have to ask Sky <laughs> about that. I know in in her report, I was listening to it, Venus is going something this week. So um, maybe. <laughs> well, that only affects your log life. On. It shouldn't affect radio equipment. Well, um, maybe for those who are in love with the radio, it, it affects it. <laughs> So you never know. But let's hope that people can get through today. I certainly hope that they can because we are here to answer all your questions on love, life, career, and whatever is on your mind. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. Tonight we're talking about how to know if you're ready to commit. And thats I'll tell you why we're talking about that in a minute, but... Stay tuned because later in the evening, Dr. Jean Cirillo and I will be taking your calls. So stick around. We've got a great show in store with lots of valuable information. Our number again is 646-381-4141. So, Dr. Jean, tonight's topic is, and maybe there's a better way of wording this, but what I want to talk about is are you ready to commit? And it's not really that same old commitment um, you know, issue that we talked about several weeks or months ago. What I really want to talk more about is how do you know when you're really ready to commit? I mean, you know, you're, you're, let's assume that, you know, your boyfriend uh, has proposed and you, you jumped and you said yes and there you're planning a wedding, but you have all these inner feelings and confusion going on. Um, how, how do you know if you're really ready? And I'm going to tell you why I picked this topic, because I was contacted this morning um, by somebody who wanted me to write an article about it, which I did. Um, and as I'm writing you know, some key bullet points, I just thought, wow, this is a great 
subject to talk about because we've talked about people who are afraid to commit. We've talked about, you know, people who have various addictions. Um, and now I'd like to talk about, you know, the people who are seriously looking or in a committed relationship, um, you know, and, and how many people who are in that situation where they're newly engaged or they're thinking about proposing or getting married, um, how many of them have doubts? How many of them aren't sure if the person they're involved with is truly the right person for them? So what do you think, Dr. Jean? Well, I mean, I would say you just feel it. it it's uh, hard to know, but sometimes when you feel that this is the right person, I, I would like to spend at least uh, the future as far as I can see ahead with that person. Uh, it normally is a sign of readiness. If all of a sudden, though, you're starting to see other sides of their personality, uh you know, or, or, or you're starting to have major worries about uh, if you expect the person to change, like, oh, he drinks a lot, but he'll stop when we when we mm. get married. Uh-oh. Anything you see that's negative is going to be enhanced because you're going to spend more time together. Right. Mm-hmm. And the positive might stay the same or be dwindled a little bit, but usually people are on better behavior when they're not spending that much time with you. So if you're having those kind of serious doubts or you expect the person to uh, change, that's where I would think twice. Right, and that's something that I also talked about, um, you know, in the article that I wrote today, um, basically really what you just said, because so so often people will say, oh, it'll be better when we're married, or oh, that doesn't bother me so much that he's out with his friends every night or things of that nature, but it's amazing how, once you're in that situation, and, and if it's a situation where the guy's out all the time or doing other things, how quickly um, somebody's going to start feeling neglected or feeling, you know, that, that he's cheating or not focused on the relationship or whatever. But if you were to come up with, like, a couple of key points um, for, you know, kind of things to ask yourself, um, what would they be? Because I'll tell you what I what I wrote what I wrote in this article, but I'm just curious what you would say from a psychological perspective. Well, first of all, I would say that that's the kind of thing that your feelings are really in charge because you could tell yourself ten reasons why you should commit to this person, why he's a good catch, or you know everybody else likes the person. If you don't feel right, then something's wrong, and it's not going to get any better afterward. And secondly, you say, are we going to divide up practical things? How are we going to handle money, children, both our families, sex, uh, lifestyle? You look at anything major that your your mind should then get in there once your feelings are okay with it. And your mind should get in there and say, is there something that has to be worked out now? I've noticed a trend that more engaged couples, young couples, are coming to me and to other therapists for premarital counseling, which mm. is a good thing. Yes, it is. So what what are the kinds of things? I, I'm sure that's too general of a question. You might not be able to 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 really ha- to come up with things, but are there any sort of trends that you're seeing that people try to work out beforehand? Well, they try to work out how they're going to split the money. If they, it, now, since both both people are working. It's no longer like the girl's parents pay for the marriage and the man supports the woman forever after. Now it's kind of like, well, uh, you know, are each of us going to use our, going to put our own salaries into the pot and split everything? Uh, 
who's going to be in charge of finances, if anybody, do either each of us get to keep a certain amount of money for ourselves? Uh, you know, you have to work these kinds of things out when finances are together. Uh, how do we want to live if we have to move to a certain town and one of us hates it? What are we going to do about that? <laughs> are we going to make definite plans to get out of there in two years? Uh, sometimes you even put these things in a prenuptial agreement. Hmm. That's true. What are we going to do about having kids? You know, it's amazing how years back people never discussed it. I I knew somebody who said that she told her husband after they were married, I don't want to have kids. And he says, you're kidding, because he was an only child and he wanted a lot of kids. Oh, wow. something that important where your views are that different? How did it not get discussed before marriage? Right, and that that was one of the the things that I had on my list of of things. Because, you know, I mean, what do you do if you're in a situation where the man – Say in like like the, the the situation you just quoted, the man wants a big family and she doesn't want any kids. I mean, to me, either they have to. I mean, truly, if you're being true to yourself, what's the compromise? Maybe the compromise is to have two children instead of eight, or three children instead of eight. Um, but you know, really, if you want kids and somebody doesn't, does that ever work in a relationship? Well, it might work because one of you might change your mind. I mean, you know, my friend's husband, I remember when he was young, he said he didn't want to have a child because he's still at the stage where the baby cries, you throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, yeah. there, you know, there are people that feel that way that have a child, but 20 years later, there's there's two boys, and I mean, they're his, they're his best buddies. He never would have pictured life without them. So, yeah, you know, things change. It, it That has the potential to change, but you still have to say if one is dead bent against not doing something or doing something, how is that going to be resolved? You can't ignore it. No, no, you absolutely can. And, you know, in today's economy, there's so many people that are dealing with, um, you know, either job issues or economic issues due to being laid off or, or even cutbacks or, you know, I, I have a, several clients that um, have not lost their jobs but they're forced to take a week off a month or, you know, different scenarios like that where in the end, you know, then who pays the mortgage, you know, when you're X amount of hundreds or thousands of dollars short because the company isn't open, you know, four weeks out of a month anymore. So when when people are going through financial crises like that, um, how do you counsel them? How would you help them, especially if a wedding was was planned um, and well, somebody was to get married? You have to figure, you know, what would you do if one of you lost your job? Would you still love him if he didn't have so much money? Would you still love her if she was 50 pounds heavier? (laughs) I mean, these are all real issues. That's why it has to be more than a superficial uh, connection because you, you have to hope for the best but plan for the worst. And, yeah, he could lose his job, you could lose your job and be single. So you'd be better. There's a trade-off. The the you're helping the other person, but at the same time, they're there for you to fall back on. If you think of them as your other self, it it won't feel so bad. If something goes wrong with them, you're in it together, and and the the outside uh, thing is the adversary. That's the enemy. If you blame each other, like, gee, now we only have half the money. How are we going to pay the mortgage for this big house? Uh, Maybe you shouldn't have bought the big house. Well, that's true, and I think a lot of people are dealing with, you know, those kinds of issues right now. Um, you know, I, I see uh, at a, a decent chunk of the time situations where people will say to me, well, 
you know, um, he, he can't hold on to a job or he's going from job to job and, you know, it's it's really causing a, a big strain on the family. And when I ask this next question, I, I get an answer that almost surprises me each time and that was, you know, what was he like before you married him? And typically it's the same thing, that, you know, he, well, he, he didn't really have to work. He was living home with his parents and things of that nature. So, you know, I mean, how do you deal with a scenario like that? You know, if somebody's 20 or 22 or whatever it is and they're getting married and they're literally both coming from living at home with their parents and then suddenly they're thrown into the real-life scenario of marriage and responsibilities. And let's assume whoever the breadwinner is or the breadwinners can't really hold on to a job or, or something like that. I mean, how how do you how do you – deal with that if you're in that situation. Well, if they never really held a job before, then they have to plan how are they going to live in a wing of the parent's house or something, which does happen with a lot of young couples. Because what they're really saying is we both need outsiders to support us, so we have to plan that one or both of our families will be there if we need them. And if that works with you and with the families, that's fine. That puts more strain on a relationship, but... uh, Sometimes it's the only alternative, but don't plan that somebody who went from job to job and never held a job is suddenly going to support one or, or or two people. Right, I know, and that 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 I see that scenario I see a lot. Do you see that a lot in your practice? Uh, not really, because I see a lot of people who didn't want to give up something like uh, looking for other partners or who didn't want to be with somebody who nagged them constantly. They wanted to be able to go home, sleep in their own bed once in a while. Most of the people I've seen have been more realistic about money unless they were, let's say, forced into a marriage where mm. for whatever reason they somebody was pregnant and, and didn't uh, want to give it up and, you know, or they were living with the parents and, and something went wrong there. But usually the this, something as drastic as that, I would certainly remind them. But uh, no, I, offhand, I haven't seen that. That sounds like the delusion of someone who's pretty young. Yes, and I've run into it with people who, it, you know, basically are either right out of college or something like that where um, they really don't know. I mean, basically, the, both of them lived at home before. And I've run into this a few times where... And the um, parents don't object? Their parents agree they should get married? Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't say for sure, but I, I haven't heard nor felt in their energy that they did this, um, you know, without their parents' consent. Um, and they're in scenarios now where, you know, at the beginning it feels like and it looks like it's the economy and that's why you can't hold a job. But as the days, weeks, or months, or years pass on, they discover either that he's extremely lazy or that he truly can't hold on to a job. Um, and, you know, you have nothing really to base that on since this could be his first job or the first time he's having to work or something like that. But, you know, when it's an older couple or, or you know, some, somebody who's, say, in their 20s or 30s or 40s or older, um, I, I kind of feel, you know, you can sort of get a feel of, of, of another person as far as the lifestyle that they live um, by, you know, just seeing how they live. And, and you know, if somebody's living in a, um, you know, I, I, I well, you know. 
In a what? Did anybody hear an echo or something? Yeah, like I, a, I heard an echo. Who was that? <laughs> sounded like Julie. Wasn't Julie, me. Are you? Yeah, wow, I'm here. It wasn't was me. Weird. I heard it. I heard Did it. Did anybody it else hear that? Friends? It must be. I mean, okay. I don't. Oh my God. I mean, I was thinking somebody of somebody actually, living in a pigsty that you have to expect they're not going to be the best person at keeping the house clean. Right, exactly. Because I do feel that the signs are there. See, what I find often is people, it's all there in front of them. They just choose not to see it because so often people, you know, are more in love with the idea of being married or being in a committed relationship that, you know, they find somebody that they do feel that they connect with or that treats them well, and they choose not to see the whole picture. Because if they saw the whole picture, they'd run. Exactly. Because it is, just like you said, you know, if somebody lives in a pigsty, if somebody, you know, um, you know, has been working at a company for 20 or 30 years or something like that, and you would think, you know, an average person being at a company for 20 or 30 years potentially would have had some raises and increases and everything, and, you know, you go and you see that they live in a, you know, crappy part of town or something like that in a small little, you know, one-room something or other. Um, you know, it, it. I think it tells you a heck of a lot, and not that money is all that matters, but what's the percentage of relationships that break up due to financial issues? Do you know, Dr. Cirillo? Well, uh, let's put it this way. The lack of money is normally the problem. It's, uh, so if you find someone who's living in one room and you own a house and that person shows a great interest in you, I've warned women that were getting the house. For guys that were in our case around here, like 30-something men that are still living with their parents, mm. the men would love that house to move into. You have to figure you're going to assume more than your share of financial responsibility, right. so he better be good in other ways to be worth it. Right, and there are sometimes trade-offs that do work for everybody. You know, where, where some men, you know, perhaps don't want to work, but, you know, they might assume other other responsibilities. I mean, it is all a trade-off, and it's what, it's what works for, you know, whatever couple that really is the key here. But kind of like what I'm getting at is how do you – how do you really ask yourself honestly and get yourself to see things honestly, um, you know, when when you're in love with the idea of getting married? And I'm not saying everybody gets married for that reason, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, seek out to, to end up in a committed relationship. Um, and how do you know if it's real? Well, you don't. But, you know, I've found a lot of people, especially women, are afraid that their time will run out to have children and some people are willing to take a chance now, mm-hmm. and then if it doesn't work out, at least they have the blood relatives, because mm-hmm. it used to be that children were supposed to grow up and move out, not husbands or wives, but it doesn't always work that way. So some people have in the back of their mind that this is good. this might be uh, for a few years. Wow. Gosh, can yeah. you imagine entering into I didn't realize that, that people actually go into it with that mindset. But true, I mean, divorce is a lot easier, you know, um, and more acceptable these days than it was, you know, a long time ago. So I'm I'm sure that, you know, some people look at it not as a lifetime commitment anymore. 
But um, one thing, I just want to ask you one more question on this, and then I know we have some other things to talk to do and to talk about tonight. But what do you think about people who um, are in love with the idea of getting married? And, you know, people are focusing on their wedding and, and you know, the, the, all the preliminaries to actually getting married and, and, and don't really think about married life. They're just in it because they want to get married. They want to go through that particular uh, hurdle in life, uh, mm-hmm. that particular passage, and there is a lot of excitement associated with it, especially for the woman. For the woman, I mean, a young bride in her twenties can be the most selfish uh, person around. You know, they're the queen, and everybody else is working for them in their wedding. Sometimes the young would-be groom feels that this will get him the promotion. This will make him one of the big shots at work, that he's now married and has a family. He's not just a kid anymore. But if those are the reasons, uh, you know, they're not good reasons. And and you have to look at what's lacking that you think that this MRS or MR degree is going to solve. I know. And that, I think, is a hard thing. For for men or women, you know, to really look at the person and be honest with themselves to see if that person's truly right for them, or if they're just doing it for the sake of, you know, the biological clock, or just some women want to be married and aren't. I mean, look at look at how many women out there, you know, end up marrying, you know, four or five or six times. I mean, that's the amazing thing when I, you know, hear and I'm counseling somebody. Um, and they say to me, well, um, you know, he's been married four times before. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I mean, how do you if think his name's that's Donald so- Trump, that's okay. You just have a baby <laughs> and you're entitled to a certain amount right. of support Yeah, but forever. then you're going into it, but then it's a business deal. And you would be yeah. going into it thinking of it as being a business deal. But, I mean, you know, if you're going into it for love, I mean, I just think that, you know, it's hard to fathom that, somebody who's been divorced four or five times that suddenly, you know, this time is going to be the right time. I mean, I'm sure it could happen, but, um, you know, I, I just kind of think yeah, you have to look very... this time it'll be different. They're a, an, a serial monogamist for life, and they, mm. uh, deep down inside, you know what it is? Sometimes when you never got something, that's a repetition compulsion in that case. Your own family was never perfect, and you're going to have the perfect family but you're bringing all all your baggage from the past into it, so there there winds up being something wrong with every uh, potential mate. It's like someone who's never been married and can never find Mister or Mrs. Right. That's right. when some anything that repeats itself over and over when it's when it's a, a negative pattern. There's something that you're still trying to work out from the past right. from your own family of origin. And if right. they're self-aware enough, they'll come see you <laughs> so that they can change that about themselves. That's well, right. I don't know. You know, sometimes they stop seeing me. There was one woman, hardly knew a guy. She met him in, in recovery in an AA program, and uh, she had a house, and she wanted to put his name on it. And I said, you know, maybe you should hold off. She became furious with me. I mean, I could do nothing right after that. And, mm. You know, it was like anything. Somehow she had to resist that. And I said, look, it's my duty. I'd be I'd be wrong if I didn't tell you that. And obviously she didn't want to hear it. So sometimes if they're still determined for their own reason to marry this person, that's when they stop seeing the Yeah, person. of course. 
Well, I'm sure we have a lot of callers who would like to speak on this topic because many of them are going to be calling about their commitment-phobic other half. But uh, the phone lines are already lighting up, so phone lines are open. Please call 646-381-4141 to speak with Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. They are here to answer all your questions. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send us your question at mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. That equates to getting a free reading. So don't miss this incredible opportunity. Send us your questions now. Remember, if you don't want your real name used on the air, please let Lady Fontaine know. But in order for your question answered, you will need to provide us with real names, some background, and a specific question. We will honor your request for anonymity. Tonight, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be talking about how to know if you're ready to commit. And they'll begin taking calls right after the mailbag question. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. It's now time for Sky McKenna's Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website website at skymckenna.com. Hello everybody, this is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week, and if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives, or you can go to my website, skymckenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the Energy Report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. So, we've got the wind at our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this, then, is for the week beginning Sunday, November 28, 2010. And yes, we have energy shifts and changes coming this week, but nothing we can't handle. We start off with Venus re-entering Scorpio on Monday, November 29th. And this is a very sensual and intimate place for Venus to be. And we won't be interested in friends and partners out there with commitment issues for these next few weeks. We can also expect to find more deep and profound relationships around us than usual. So if we're not looking for intense relationships, we need to be on alert for that one. Now also on Monday, November 29th, Mars will square off with Jupiter. Jupiter makes everything bigger, and Mars is a fiery little guy, so we'll have lots of energy under this transit and will be motivated and enthusiastic. But we do need to be careful that we don't overdo, and that's overdo anything, or that we're not motivated by someone or something else other than ourselves. And if there's something that we felt we needed to have the courage to jump into with both feet, this could be the time that we finally take that jump. Then on Tuesday, November 30th, Mercury will enter ambitious Capricorn, and this placement of Mercury will help us get our goals on track and be sure-footed and be sure in our direction. Mercury traveling through Capricorn is very practical, and that's a good thing, but it's important that we're not so serious that we lose our joy over these next few weeks. But, however, this is a great time to move forward in down-to-earth, practical ways to reach our goals. And then on Wednesday, December 1st, Mercury forms an aspect of opportunity with Venus, and communication lines open up. We can also find creative ideas and creative expression flowing easily to us and from us. Social connections will open doors for us, or we may open doors for others. 
We'll also find love, beauty, and money very important and emphasized this day. Then on Thursday, December 2nd, Mars will form that same 60-degree aspect of opportunity, but to Neptune. And our actions can be truly inspired now. This will be another energetic aspect, helping us move forward with our plans and our intentions. Doors can open today, so really, we should have our walking shoes on and be ready to walk through the doors that open. And then on Friday, December 3rd, Mars will square off with Uranus. So this is kind of the heads-up day of the week. This is a day for us to keep our eyes open and be alert in every way. Kind of volatile and unpredictable. And there could even be the possibility of an accident or an argument. This is the day that we absolutely do not want to take risks greater than we know that we can handle. However, if we are up for fast changes, this could be the day. And for this week, I want to talk about how each sign will experience Venus's return to Scorpio. And as always, this will apply to your sun sign and rising ascendant sign if you know it. Aries, other people's money or shared resources can get your attention now. And there could be some mutual benefit with someone close to you financially. Taurus, your partnerships could get a little steamier than usual, a little more passionate, or someone new and passionate may show up in your life, so be ready for that. Gemini, look for your health and well-being and even your job to become more intense for you. This is a good thing. It will help you reach some goals you didn't even know you could. Cancer, romance, fun, and pleasure will be more readily available to you and maybe even more passionate, so do something that you love to do. Leo, your home and family life are going to become very, very focused for you, and you'll likely find an issue resolved by your determined attention. Virgo, all kinds of communications are about to get very intense for you. So be ready to find out some very big news that you didn't know you needed, but may just open some big doors for you. Libra, your financial goals are going to become very clear to you, as are the steps you'll need to reach them, and you will reach them. Scorpio, your physical appearance and even your personality are about to unfold in new ways. Your personal presentation is about to change, and it's going to be very exciting. Sagittarius, you may find yourself wishing for some deep solitude and peace more than usual. Take the time. You have messages coming that you can't hear while you're busy. Capricorn, you may find some friends delivering some pretty intense words. Listen, but make up your own mind. Be sure your motivation is coming from the right place, and that's within you. Aquarius, Career and business can be very intense over these next few weeks, so dig in and take advantage of it. It could lead to a very big bonus for you. Pisces, be careful that you don't get pulled down by what you used to care about. This is the time to try something new that you feel deep enthusiasm for, and that's where the success is going to come from. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com and the link is right there at the top of the page and you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the energy report and remember the animals still need your help you can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse it's absolutely positively no questions asked free in 2009 your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals so just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. As always, what an amazing report. To learn more about Sky, please visit her website at skymckenna.com. Or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link that will take you directly to her website. 
You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific time on Achieve Radio. That's AchieveRadio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. And it is now time for the mailbag question of the day. You guys ready? Oh, yeah, definitely. Ready. All right, this first one starts. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, I'm a 34-year-old single white female, never married. I work in a small medical faculty. I have a crush on a co-worker. He's 42, and he appears to be single. He's dropped some hints, in parentheses, writes, I think, that he might be interested in me, but so far has not made any attempt to ask me out. I'm extremely bad at flirting and sometimes say the wrong things about him, around him, because he makes me slightly nervous. We're both professionals, so I don't know that going out is such a good idea. But at my age, it's extremely hard to meet normal, unmarried men. My question is, should I make more of a move to ask him out for a drink, or just wait? I've asked guys out a few times in the past, but somehow it never works out very well. This has been going on for many months now, and I'm not sure if I should wait this out or take a move. I'm sort of a fatalist, so I tend not to push too hard for things. Parentheses, she writes, probably why I'm not married. I would hate to see this guy get away. He's a really kind person, nice-looking, good manners, etc., Thank you. And that's Sharon in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, I'm still struggling with what's a normal unmarried man. <laughs> because I don't know what, what that really is. But I think I you guess mean there's... desirable. Okay. Some crazy traits or something. Okay. Um, it, it sounds like the... she's implying that by this age all the good ones are taken. Uh, the okay. Old... Well, that I could definitely understand. Um, uh, too bad she didn't have a name for a first name for this this man. But um, let, let let me say my initial observations. Then I want Dr. Jean to jump in, and then I'll see if I pick up anything else on this. Um, I, I, he, I know that she's saying that he appears to be interested and things of that nature. But the way his energy comes through is and I don't even know how to say this, almost as if he's not interested in women or isn't or hasn't been involved with women. Um, he's coming through as a very nice gentleman. He truly is. But I'm not picking up the flirting or anything like that between the two of them. What I'm picking up is um, him being genuinely um, nice to her and Somewhat intrigued. I mean, I do feel that. But honestly, like she said, he's, what, 42 years old? He feels to me like he's 24, you know, like he's a kid. And this is like the first time a woman's really interested in any way, shape, or form. So he he's not showing me anything at this point that will lead me to believe that he's going to take any steps forward towards Sharon. Um, feels like a genuinely nice, truly a genuinely nice guy. I mean, her... I guess her main question is, should she make a move? I feel she should at least start dialoguing with him a little bit more. The way it comes through to me is very surface stuff, you know, sort of looking or smiling or saying a hello or something like that. doesn't feel like they're really building that foundation in any way, shape, or form. I actually feel if she started to talk to him, I really feel he's a nice guy. And my gut feeling is once he would sort of warm up with some, to somebody – 
um, she would see him being a little bit more focused on things. But, you know, for whatever reason with the energy that I'm picking up, he he he's not showing me that he is tremendously interested in any woman right now. Um, and he's not showing me hurt in his energy, which would lead me to believe that, you know, he's got all his walls up so he's not able to, you know, be in a relationship. But, Dr. Jean, what's your take on it? And while you're talking, I'll see if I pick up anything else. Yeah, I got a sense that he's someone that avoids commitment because he doesn't want to complicate his life, that he's kind of set in his ways. Uh, He's a little bit shy, but also he doesn't want to be a nice guy that gets taken advantage of. I I get the sense that you almost have to be an aggressive woman that, that asks, him out first before he'll go, or if there's some kind of like a softball game, something involving people from work, a Christmas party around the holidays is a great time, they must have parties, then if she could somehow start talking to him, it's outside of the actual work, that's when the best chance for a relationship to develop is, even though it's with people from work, when you're with them in a different context, it's much better and much more acceptable because I think he's afraid that if they went out and let's say she wanted to get married and he did, then things would be awkward at work and he doesn't want to lose his job. That I think that has to be the first commitment in his case, whether he's alone or with somebody. He's He's got to support himself and maybe he senses that she wants an attachment that he's not ready to give. So even if I did come on to him, at least you'd solve the mystery and make it okay if it doesn't work out past a few months. I, I don't see him as, as marriage material, but I, I see that if she sees him through a work situation but more of a social situation, that that would work. Well, I definitely agree with that. And and I have to say that he his, honestly, his energy comes through as such a genuine person. So I feel regardless what the outcome of this is, she's going to find herself you know, really meeting a, a, a great guy that's a lot of, I, I kind of want to say, fun and, and a, a really nice person that I feel is going to be a friend, almost like a friend for life. So it almost feels to me to be a win-win situation, though I think Dr. Jean and I, neither of us are really sensing that even with Sharon jumping in on this and making a significant move, to me it feels like it's going to be a move to get to know him rather than a move to one day have this guy, you know, as a serious suitor or or really interested in her. Because for whatever reason, his energy just comes through as, you know, not interested, not not really wanting to go there. Right, yeah. I don't think that he has the potential to be the husband and the daddy for her baby that she seems Mm -hmm. to want. Right. So, I mean, ideally, Sharon, it would be better if you, you know, sort of frame this in your own head knowing that if you're going to pursue this, it's for the fun of it and to meet somebody nice and get to know them. But, you know, hopefully you'll turn your attentions elsewhere and allow that ideal person to enter into your life, which incidentally I do feel is, I would say, between seven and nine months down the road. All right. Well, we do have one more letter. Uh, This is a long one. You guys ready? Yep. All right. Starts. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, an ex-beau came back into my life after we'd been apart for about a year. The relationship has been good, one of the best I've had on many levels. We shared interests, 
We had fun, great sex, and we were good, we were good friends. It ended when he became scared that we were building a life together, something he decided he just wasn't ready to do. When he came back, he told me that he had grown a lot and felt ready to build a life with me. He told me he loves me. The first time he told me that, he told me what he loved about me. He told me that he'd never felt as connected to anyone as he did to me, and that he missed me in the time that we were in the time that we were apart. It took a while for me to take all this in, but I liked the sound of it, and the connection we had was so sweet that it didn't take long for me to open back up to him. For eight weeks, we had a great time. We went out, stayed in, cooked meals. He met my parents. He told me he loved me. He told me how much he respected me. I was having a great time thinking about the trip to Italy that we were planning in the spring. Then the other shoe fell. He suddenly turned cold and withdrew, and told me that while he loves me, he just felt this brick wall around him that he could not get over, or would not. And that was that. I asked him if he would like to work through this fear with me rather than end our relationship, and he said he would like to work through it. Uh, yeah, he said he would like to work through it, yeah. He even cried on my shoulder, and it seemed like we had a bit of a breakthrough. Then about a week later, he did it again. This time, he said he'd realized that getting close to someone was something that he just couldn't do. He said that there was this wall around his heart, and he realized that he just couldn't scale it. By the way, I'd never pushed him to marry me, move in with me, or even call me every day. I had wanted a year of seasons to really get to know him and see where we could go together. I showed him the door and told him to have fun growing old with his wall. I had a little trouble ending the relationship because I want a partner who's willing to evolve emotionally and mature enough to walk their talk for longer than a couple of months. I can't imagine how boring it would be to have a life partner that wasn't willing to do that. I want someone who is as brave as he asks me to be. My question is, this guy meets the qualifications on your list. He's fun and open when that wall is down, and I'm the first woman this guy has ever professed his love to. What did I do wrong? This is not the first relationship I've had where a man confesses his love and then scares himself out of it. This is unfortunately the third. Am I destined to start counting the weeks after a man tells me he loves me, waiting for him to flee? I still feel open to men, but it's mainly because I don't want to end up like this guy afraid of the good thing that could actually work out. Why do men scare themselves away? If he loves me, why is he afraid? The guy has lost most of his family, and okay, his pattern is to date women for approximately eight months and then end it suddenly. I just thought he'd really grown as he said he has. How do you spot this? I mean, I had several hearts, heart-to-hearts before I let him back in, and I still don't get there with this guy. Many thanks, Deanna, from Polk, Nebraska. It's a very poetic letter. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's so many questions, and, and the unfortunate part of it is that um, this scenario is an, you know, an unusual scenario. We, we see it and we hear it a lot, and it could be a male or it could be a female, 
that, you know, is either not ready or not willing to be ready to really embark, to open their heart. Um, you know, in this particular situation, the man I believe the man has very genuine feelings for her, but he gets scared. I mean, there's no doubt that when it gets serious and his true feelings are there and he allows himself to to feel vulnerable, that he starts shutting down, getting scared, and moving away, and he doesn't know how to to handle it any other way. I mean, I feel everything from fear of commitment to major abandonment issues in this guy. So it kind of feels to me, because she's not really asking, will they reconnect or, you know, anything of that nature. She's asking, what is she doing wrong? And when I look at, <clears throat> you know, what I teach, which is the law of attraction, in order for her to consistently be drawing in men who are not ready to be in a committed relationship with her, it means what? It means that she's not ready to be in a committed relationship. So there's something within her that is holding her back, even though, I mean, she's writing this from a very grounded perspective. I mean, she sounds like she's got a good handle on on men, on life, on the situations, and things of that nature. But if she looks deep within herself, she is going to find something within herself where um, she isn't isn't ready to be in a in a serious committed relationship. Otherwise, she would not be drawing in these types of men. Dr. Jean, what do you think on this? And then I want to say a few more words after. Yeah, when you always find somebody that's not ready to commit, it means deep down inside that's what you want. Only you don't want to admit that you have that issue, so you find someone with the same issue. My first thought when she said that as soon as he said he loved her, he pulled away, is how did she push him away? Did she suddenly stop behaving differently? Like, okay, now you love me, you've got to call me three times a day, or or is it that she senses if his pattern is eight months with everybody, as soon as he realizes he loves the person, he starts to feel vulnerable and he uh, puts up the wall and, you know, then it's a character trait and it sounds like it is with him. But I think she senses these men out and for some reason she's glad that the onus is on them when they decide to walk away because then she doesn't have to deal with her own issues. I definitely agree with that. And one of the questions she posed here is, why do men scare themselves this way? And I don't feel it's just men. I feel men and women. I mean, so many people think they want that that true connection or that long-term commitment or, you know, whatever it is. But as soon as they get it, what happens? Oh, uh, you know, this isn't really what I signed up for. And this isn't really what I want. And it's well, only, the fantasy is great because you write all the parts, but when you write right, the reality, too. that's when it scares them. That's true too, and it's easy when it's at, at a you know at a at a distance or not like you say a fantasy not really happening. Um, but you know, suddenly, I mean, how many people want and want and want, and as soon as they get, they don't want it anymore. Well, what they I mean, wanted I'm, was the fantasy where they have complete control, and then when they get it, they see the negative side. It's, it's that way with a wonderful career, a wonderful guy, a lot of money, anything. Right. And and one thing that she said that I'm just sort of skimming over this, this letter for, because there was a few things that jumped out at me when Frank was reading it, but one thing that she said is this guy has lost most of his family. Um, that would then 
sort of tie into what I'm picking up, the abandonment issues in him, you know, where, you know, I mean, the guy's obviously afraid to love, and it's sort of like as soon as he feels that he allows himself to be vulnerable, he's afraid of losing, so it's easier for him to just step away. I mean, uh, you know, how do you how do you help a person like that? I mean, or how does a person help themselves when they're you dealing have with to, I mean, like it's that? the old thing about how many shrinks does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the light bulb must want to change. Right. He can't help him get over this. He has to, first of You're all, right. recognize it in himself, and then second of all, be willing to work hard to get over it. This isn't an easy kind of thing that you get over. And he has, it'll always have it inside. However, if she has a variation of the same thing, they can kind of see it in each other and, and accept right. each other going back and forth. Right. But, you know, it, it's not going to be an easy path, and it's not something that she can control. All she can control is to find a different type of person that's open and vulnerable and willing to let himself be so. She can't right. turn this guy into it, and even if he wants to turn himself into it, it's going to take quite a bit of work. Well, and and one thing she says in her letter here is that, um, you know, she really believed him and thought that he had grown and that, you know, he was ready to be more open and vulnerable. And then she says, how do you spot this? Um, and, and I, you know, what I want to say when, when I hear that, because I feel it's hard to know, but... Um, what I want to say is don't give your heart so freely. It feels to me that one thing that she does is she she allows herself to fall pretty easily in these relationships. I would say try to stay more emotionally pulled back and not allow yourself to fall until these men are really, you know, more committed in the relationship. And I'm sure, you know, in, in retrospect, if she looks at it, you know, if you're with somebody for, you know, two months or whatever, which is not a tremendously long time, but they're, you know, saying how much they love you and all this other kind of stuff, it's easy not to fall hard, you know? It really, really is. But my gut feeling with her is um, there's no key here. There's no, like, how do you spot? I mean, do you know, Dr. Jean, is there, are there different traits or... or Obviously, um, she can spot them, and that's why she keeps repeating and repeating uh it's amazing how people with the same type of neuroses find themselves across crowded rooms. I know. Uh, you know, how do you spot that uh, that somebody's going to become violent, but a person will say, gee, the last three people suddenly became exactly. violent because right. there are subtle body language signs that someone else might spot easily and run from. But if you're used to a certain type of thing right. from your own family or your past, maybe you have very high tolerance. So is there you're any? You're not seeing what's there because it seems so normal, but it really isn't. So is there any like key um, words or 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 things for her to be aware of? Because basically, what you're saying is what I say. I mean, the law of attraction is going to kick in. I mean, if this is if the, if you were wounded or you have an old issue, you're going to keep repeating it until you resolve it. Um, so in this particular situation, how does she know that? Like, if, if I'm if somebody comes to me for coaching, I'm going to ask them to look at this particular situation and tell me how they feel about it. And through them expressing how they feel about it, I'm going to help them more or less compare it to things in their childhood, which would um, 
wow, I just saw something fly by me here in this room, which was so weird because there was not, there's nothing here. That was really That's weird. That's the spirit that advises uh, you, that puts all the words in your mouth. Oh, okay. I just never saw it flash light in, in, on the ceiling before. That was weird. Well, now it has enough trust in you that it's allowing itself to be visible. You know, I and I have to say, and, and, and I'm going to wind down on, on this particular letter in a minute, but um, I, when we were doing the, the pilot, the filming for the pilot, I loved when you would throw in the analysis of things that I was picking up. I mean, that really gave everything that sort of like that completion, and it really did. And, and I love the way you're doing it now because that I think that's marvelous. <laughs> I don't know if I'm being funny or sarcastic or if I mean it or many a truth is said in jest. I think it's more along that line. Well, I feel just like when you first met me, you're telling me how much of a skeptic you are. Yes. And look at you now. How much of a, How would you say? Are you a skeptic now? I've become a lot less of a skeptic. <laughs> I would have to say, like after um, filming two weeks ago. I mean, I mean, you were right there when things were happening. What were your What was your take on things? Well, you know, it's interesting. Again, we were blocked out by a lot of noise, and I can't say that I really heard any of these things. Although I'm I'm sure the other people meant what they were saying when they were in contact and they heard somebody. So I would say that. Uh, on some level, you know, I was aware of something, but I, I couldn't verify that I heard somebody saying such and such or anything like that, yet some of the others did. You, you said yourself, all the J's, all, all the Jean, Jill, uh, Julie, and uh, Jean, Jill, Julie, and, and, and Jim, Jim were, were the right. J team, and, and that the J team was a little flat for some reason. So maybe I right. scared no, it was. away. I scared right. the but, away. but... You're going to be at the um, at the evidence reveal tomorrow, right? Uh, I don't. If we go tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, if we do. I mean, I'm going to check weather. on the weather in the yeah. morning and see if it's going to be safe for all of us to travel. But assuming that everything goes well, then you're going to hear and it if firsthand. We can get yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're going to hear it firsthand. We have a tremendous number of EVPs, so you'll hear it firsthand. Um, things that are mind blowing. They really, truly are. So I'm sorry that I diverted with that, but, you know, we were talking about, you know, um, things Finding around. Finding the same type of person in the right, same type right, of situation right. and that somehow you're picking up on, on on body language or verbal or just the guy's history. You know, he has a pattern of going out with women eight months, eight months, eight months. Figure you're not so special. That's somebody's life pattern. Nobody is. The whole life, person's life pattern isn't going to change because you came in the picture, unless That's they were true. just at the point where it was ready to change. I agree. Um, the well, only thing that I see, the only, I just want to say this, and you can cut me off, Frank. But the only thing that I see is, I agree what you're saying that there's these subtleties that are in the energy. I just feel that you know, it, it, it's it's just it's the law of attraction. I mean, when you have um, you know, a gaping hole, you look to fill that hole. And the energy just feels right. Just like we, when we were talking earlier about um, how do you know if, if the person's right to commit with, and you said to me, you just know. And it's the same thing with these relationships. When there's that fatal attraction kind of connection, you just know. It might not be the right connection, but you just know that this person's energy is right for you. 
Exactly. Well, thank you for your question, Sharon and Dina. Uh, Again, great questions and great answers from our in-house experts, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. So keep in touch, ladies, and let us know how things turn out. Just a reminder to all of you to send your questions to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. That's mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean will be selecting a few questions each week to answer live on each show. Now, the phone lines are open, so please give us a call at 646-381-4141. That's 646-381-4141 to speak to Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. Great. Thank you. And I know we've had some callers waiting um, for quite a while to get on the air. So who is our first caller? Our first caller is Maya. She's currently separated from her partner and wants to know if they will get back together. Okay. Maya. Hello. Hi, Hi, Maya. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Good, good. So can you give us a little bit of background and tell us, you know, what's going on and what you want to know? Um, I just want to know um, from Lady Fontaine, if you see me and my partner reconnecting, um, we just had an argument and we're currently separated. And what is your partner's first name? Um, Hassan. Okay. Um, you know, I actually do. I, I do feel you guys reconnecting. The only The only reason why I, I was pausing is that it it still feels to me that it's going to be unresolved even when you reconnect. So it feels to me it's going to, whatever the issue was, and it feels to me that, um, you know, he's taking, that, 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 that your partner's taking it seriously. And and, he, and the energy is, is, is like, you know, in turmoil in a way. Um, so my gut feeling is um, it's, it's sort of going to be like a chip on, on their shoulder for a while. Um, it has the potential of smoothing out, but it's sort of going to be a matter of you sort of learning how not to allow him to bring you into this. Because whatever it is that sort of got you guys to split feels to me that it's something that has been lingering around for a while. Okay. When when do you feel that we'd reconnect again? Um, I would say soon. To me, it doesn't feel much longer than um, what I kind of want to say, you know, maybe one to three weeks tops. It doesn't feel to me to be much longer than that. How long have you guys been split? Um, just a few days so okay. far. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't feel to me it's going to be that long. So certainly way before the end of the year or way before the holidays. Okay. Thank you so much. You'll have a date for New Year's. <laughs> Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. Um, who is our next caller? Our next caller is Evelyn, and she has a question about she was engaged, and then it ended. So let's talk to Evelyn. Okay, Evelyn. Hi. Hi. Evelyn. Hi. Hi. How can we How can we help you? Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Well, I was in a relationship with this man named Alex. Um, and things ended in October. Actually, I ended things. He decided not to call me, and he gave me a lousy excuse saying that his phone was, uh, he didn't have his phone. Mm. Uh, and decided, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to take me for a phony. So, uh, yeah, I ended up things, I ended up things, and then 
I found out less than a month later that he's seen someone else. Mm. So I wanted to know if he cheated on me with this other particular woman and if you see him wanting to return, um, wanting to get back together with me. Um, the way his energy comes through to me is, um, you know, the, the first word I hear is ladies, man. So my gut feeling is he does like the ladies. And I do feel, even in a relationship, he feels to me to almost have his eyes open, you know. And, and, and I, I, you know, could he reach out to you again? Absolutely. Could you guys reconnect and have a really tremendous, wonderful relationship? It's not coming through that way. kind of feels to me that if he does reach out to you again, it's going to be because he's lonely and that he'll give you another song and dance in order to sort of re-enter into your life. But I'm not feeling at the core that this man is ready, willing, and able to make, you know, a lifelong commitment or to truly be serious with somebody. Um, you know, he almost feels like the type of man that we were talking about a little bit earlier in the show that, um, you know, tends to, um, once a relationship gets either serious or, it gets to a certain point to start looking elsewhere. So what's the history with him? Has he been in long-term committed relationships? Um, he was married before, but um, the marriage didn't last long. It lasted like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But he said, it was he said it was infidelity from her part. Um, mm-hmm. He swore up and down that he loved me and also that he only had eyes for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh I know. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard, and I feel honestly, in a weird way, that he be- he believed himself when he was saying it. I I really do. He doesn't feel to me that he's intentionally deceiving you or anybody, but he does just doesn't have that feel. Some men, you know, uh, you know, I, I read their energy, and I know that God, this is a person that you could want to spend the rest of your life with, and he'll be there for you through thick and thin. This guy doesn't resonate that way. He doesn't. He seems very angry. It's almost like, you know, that he thinks women are fickle or somehow, that he's still carrying over his anger from this woman and anybody else or his family, and he's putting it on you, you know, that he's acting out, not being there and, you know, making funny excuses. But he just, He was not taught to trust women. That's what I'm getting. Mm. He hasn't had good experiences, and since you're one of them, he's not discriminating properly. And, you know, it, the irony, Evelyn, is he doesn't feel like a bad guy. He just feels like he's not ready, willing, and able at this point to have a long-term committed relationship. So what I would highly suggest um, you know, if he does re-enter into your life, and there is a strong likelihood that he will, is make him prove himself to you very, you know, very emphatically before you give your heart to this guy again. And even, even, you know, I would be very careful in doing that because I just feel that, you know, what Dr. Gina just said, he, he has his wounded heart. And he's, I don't feel he's really willing to open fully to, to anybody right now. Lady Fontaine, um, can you answer this? Did he really love me like you said he did? I believe he I believe he felt that he did. Yes. Um, you know, and that's something that Dr. Jean could probably explain better, you know, in in I I don't cuz it doesn't feel to me he was deceiving you. I feel in the moment he loved you, but it just feels to me because he wasn't ready. Um, 
you know, even though he's saying that he loves you, he's, you know, got wandering eyes, you know. But I feel this is his M.O. But, Dr. Jean, what is that called? When I'm somebody... getting the sense that he has a very uh, angry, possessive, jealous kind of love for anybody he gets involved with. So when he says he loves her, but then he expects somehow that she's going to cheat and he becomes paranoid, and that type has the tendency to become very abusive. He's sulking away before that that comes out so he's trying to control his anger but i would say mainly that he's got a lot of pent-up rage toward some women probably his mom let him down from the beginning and he, he he takes it out on everybody and he hasn't come to grips with that so i think he could feel that he loves you but then with that comes you better not even look at another guy and you know, he, he might look at another girl, but in his mind, he feels that uh, he can't trust a woman to be faithful to him. It's a self-esteem and an anger issue. So, yeah. But he did. I mean, I don't feel, you know, some men will say anything just to, you know, get a woman yeah, into bed or something like that. Yeah. I don't feel, it doesn't have that feel, Evelyn, at all. It really, really doesn't, that, that he was deceptive. It doesn't feel like that. It feels to me he he got him in it's sort of like he got himself into something bigger than what he could handle, and the only way he knows how to get out of it is to go find somebody else and I question if it was just his wife that was um you know cheating on him. I really do based on what I feel in the energy i I kind of feel um she drove him she he drove her to it. Almost like he was distant, he was out there doing his own thing. She then figured, you know, screw this, I'm going to go find somebody as well. So then he had an excuse to divorce her, and he had an excuse to sort of let the relationship go, because this way it's not his fault. You're so right. You're so All right. right? You're awesome. Thank you for the terrific advice. You're very, very welcome. Good luck, and keep in touch. Let us know how it goes. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye. Um, I know that we were having some technical issues here, so are there any other callers, or did everybody else get dropped when... We do have another call, actually. We do, but Just okay, to remind good. everyone, because we were getting dropped calls, just to remind everyone to call 646-381-4141 to have your questions answered by Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean. So we have... Claudia on the phone, and she wants to know if she will find a relationship within the next year. Okay, Claudia. Hi, Claudia. Yeah. Hello. Claudia. Hi, how are you? Okay, thank you. Good. All right. Um, let me just scan your energy and see what I pick up. Um, well, um, I, I have to say this, that first of all, does the name Don mean anything to you, D-O-N? No. Okay. Um, well, then that's going to be somebody coming into your life. Um, I still feel an energy around you. Were you were you married? Yes. Um, and how but, how long has it been since you've been divorced? Well, I haven't. I'm not. Um, okay. We've been okay. separated that's for years, for years okay. and years. And that's something I want to get done. Okay. So I was hoping you um, at the beginning of the year well, to do that. What is his first name? What's his first name? Felix. What was that? 
Phoenix. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I, I was very confused by the energy when, when, you, when you, you know, I started reading you. I didn't know who was who in this relationship. Um, it's going to be hard for you to be able to move forward, you know, until you fully get out of this situation. And it, it. So are you guys living together? Because it feels to me to be very, very separate lives. I mean, but are very, you physically together? No, 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 no. Very separate okay. lives for years. Mm-hmm. But um, well, there's there was someone this year that I had a relationship with. Could mm-hmm. you? Maybe mean him instead. What is his first name? David. Well, actually, when you mention his name, I feel an immediate immediate opening of the heart. So you must have fallen very very hard for this person. Um, yeah. Did you indeed? Because it, I'm immediately feeling your heart just open towards him. It actually feels to me that it was a mutual kind of. Um, situation. He also feels to me, though, to be either um, with somebody else or, or was he also married? No, um, with someone else. But um, yeah, basically that that was the issue, and that's why right, right. I had it ended. Right. But um, but I know there's still something there. Yeah, I, I mean there is. Going to happen. Yeah. There is. Well, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, what we always talk about here, the law of attraction. I mean, you know, um, in order for you to be drawing in situations, men in situations that are truly free and truly able to give fully of themselves, um, you know, would mean that, A, you have to get yourself out of your current situation, but that you would also have to work through. I mean, there's something within you that's attracting and drawing in that particular kind of situation. So um, I feel, you know, the the potential, let me put it to you this way. You and David don't feel to me that you fully ran your course, but he doesn't feel to me either that he's ready to exit his relationship so quickly. But when I look into next year, I actually feel by the spring of next year um, that relationship is certainly going to be more on the downswing. I mean, to me it doesn't feel like such a great relationship anyhow but it feels to me it's going to be more on the downswing. Um, and certainly the potential is there for that relationship to end by spring of 2011 for him and his girlfriend. Um, but I, I I just feel around you, um, it just feels, Claudia, like a lot of stuff, a lot of baggage. So I feel each one of these relationships between your marriage, which I feel... Um, even though you feel very distant about it, I feel resentment in in your energy regarding your 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 husband. So is yeah, a lot of times when you can't get a divorce fully, or when you're holding off on that, that really stops you from getting on with your life with other people. Because they, if somebody has serious intentions, they tend to run away when they realize you're not yet divorced and haven't been for so many years. Yes, I understand. That's why I was planning, hopefully, at the beginning of the year with my income tax to get that done, finally, mm-hmm. because it's something I truly, truly wish, you know, that I want I want to do. Um, yeah. By you doing that, I feel you're going to be sending a very clear message to the universe that you're serious about getting involved in a real relationship. Because, you know, when you're, when you're in, still married and there's, 
things that are limiting you from being fully vested in a relationship is going to create havoc in 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 any relationship that you're in. But if your question is really have have you and David fully run your course, it does not feel to me that you have. But like I said, I'm not feeling that he's yet ready to make any significant changes in his relationship. But there is still something there. I feel you both suffered a broken heart when this relationship ended. Um, you know, and I do feel him thinking about you and, and you still thinking about him. Um, I, do al- I do also feel by the early part of next year, and I'm going to say right now the end of January, beginning of February, I feel you are going to meet this new person that I was picking up. To me, his name, and I'm not the greatest picking up names psychically. For some reason, this name came to me, um, and it was Don. Um, what I kind of want to say, just as a um, precursor to me coming up with any names, is um, it could be similar to that name. It could end up being an, uh, somebody who's associated with him, uh, a father, a son, a dog even. I mean, I, I, I'm very good at picking up the street that people live on. Gene's very good. Dr. Gene's very good at picking up dogs' names too. So, <laughs> Mall and Brando. Right. I love but, it. I love it. I know. But, We're on the but, same wavelengths. I'm going to the dogs. But that's right. But, but I mean, the name Don is around him in some way, shape, or form and will be important in some way. I'm going to tell you the energy feels good. It feels very, very good. But that heartfelt feeling that you had for, for um, David feels to me to be stronger in a way from your perspective than what you're going to feel for this new guy, though the potential is certainly there for this this new relationship to really propel itself and take off to wherever you would want to take it. But it kind of feels to me you would have to consciously get yourself to the point where you're willing to close some doors in order to be able to move forward. But the, you guys haven't fully run your course. I do feel, um, you know, reconnection from, from David and potential with David in, in, I would say, by the middle of 2011. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. You're very, very on point. I think. <laughs> yeah. I. I'm okay. just. You know. I just. Uh, um. I feel like there's still something there, but I just don't know when, and I don't really want to like just wait around and wait. Good. Because you shan't. Because it's just you shan't. That's the way I see it. You shan't. You. I feel the same way too. I mean, any time, and even from this the standpoint of if you're. If you're waiting for somebody, you're putting your life on hold, the universe yeah. will send you more of waiting. So it becomes important to just, you know, if if he's going to come back, he's going to come back. That's his problem. You know, and you'll worry about it if and when that time comes. You know, the way I see things unfolding for you is you're going to meet this new person long before he's going to be reentering into the picture. So the the potential is very, very high that you're going to allow yourself to get involved with this new new person. The only thing that we caution you on is in, at least start the process in motion where you're getting out of this, you know, committed relationship, the marriage that you're in, because if you don't, you're going to end up in situations like you were in with David where it, it's a go-nowhere situation. Dr. Jean, do you have any other comments or suggestions on that? Yeah, I think she really needs to get some type of closure on the, on the name, the marriage, or the divorce because 
serious men again don't go for women that are not divorced that seem to be up in the air and you said you wish that it would get done you don't get a divorce by wishing i i think it's a lot of stress i, I mean you've got to figure what's going to happen with yourself with your money with your lifestyle and then you'll be fully ready and fully able to give to the type of person that that is also fully able to give otherwise you can't accept relationships with someone who is also between the twists and between, you know, that's okay. If you're both happy, you could be together for the rest of your lives. And, you know, but there's some unsettlement within you, and a settled type of guy is going to pick up on that, and he's he's not going to like it. So you either have to find an unsettled person or you have to finally close that door on your marriage forever. Yes. And just one question, um, this other person you said is going to come into my life, um, is this person going to be there for a while? Is he the one or is he just someone else? That is, I mean, how, is he going to be serious or do you see that or not? Certainly he has the potential of being the one. Um, when I pick up anybody like this, um, when I do this kind of work, it definitely is a life partner type of connection. So the potential is there. What my only concern is is mm-hmm. if you're okay. going to be ready, if you're going to be ready, meaning being out of your relationship and also um, free yourself from even the connection that you have with David and allow yourself to truly move on. That's the only thing that will hold you back from having a tremendously fruitful relationship with this new person. Do you see if he's going to be my age or younger? Um, honestly, it doesn't. That's not coming through. So my gut feeling is around your age. It doesn't feel to me that it's anything significant. But all right. Well, thank you so much, Claudia, thank for you. your call. Okay, you take thank care. You. All right. I know we have another caller waiting. Yes. Yeah, so towards the end of the night, we start getting lots of calls. Uh, okay. We have Anne Marie. She has a question about communication within her current relationship. Okay, Anne Marie. Hi, Anne Marie. Hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Um, I'm in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for three years. Everything is smooth, but recently our communication level has started to waver some. We have a hard time communicating with each other. I know he just started a new job, so I wanted to know what do you feel that might be the issue that's at hand that might be having this problem. All right. What is his first name? Gary with two R's. Okay. All right, I'm just scanning his energy for a minute because at first look at him, um, I'm feeling a tremendous amount of good stuff between the two of you. I really, really am. Um, I, I mean, I, th- what my guides are telling me is, you know, there's a lot of love there. There's a lot of caring. There's a lot of consideration. There's, it just feels to me to be a very, very strong relationship. If he's diverting right now and um, pulling away, it feels to me um, a sense of, you know, worry and being overwhelmed with things. But it doesn't feel to me it has to do with the relationship. And I know you say communication is being shut, you know, sort of shut down. It feels to me if you would sort of come from the heart and just say, you know, uh, honey, you know, what are you feeling? Or, you know, how can I help? Or something like that. I'm not saying he'll open up one, two, three, and everything will be, you know, exactly the way it was before. But I do feel if it's almost like 
the kinds of things that you're asking him of him or the ways that you're trying to communicate with him right now are just outside of where he is. Um, so it just feels to me a little bit softer approach, a little bit less about you and more about him um, will go without being, you know, specific, almost more like, well, even though it's specific to ask a person how they feel, but try to keep it on the feeling level with him. I feel eventually he will open up with you, and I do feel, honestly, I don't feel anything wrong with the relationship. It just feels to me life is getting in the way. How long were you guys together? We've been together uh, for three years. Um, In the next week and a half, we'll be moving in together. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm kind of like actually kind of worried now because it start, all started when he decided for me to wanted me to move into his place. That's when the mm-hmm. communication level started getting kind of low. So I was like, okay, what's going on? All right, Dr. Jean, what do you say about that? And then I'll look thought. at it. He he didn't want you to move into his place, and that's when he started so, knocking me. Or he did. He wants he wants me to move in, but, but I know that it's around the. Ho- but it's right. It's like around the holidays, he starts to almost nearly shut down. Mm. Okay, so he he doesn't. Are you saying he doesn't really want you to move in, or he still wants you to move in? He still. Oh, wants I me think to move he in. still wants her to. Yeah, I I, yeah. I believe he does. I just feel he's afraid. You know, it's sort of getting real life now, and it's sort of like feeling awkward in a way. You know, like he feels the relationship changed as soon as she said yes. He feels the relationship changed, but well, it really it, hasn't. Yeah, but it really hasn't as far as how they feel about each other. He's no, just no, scared. No, no, no. The situation changed. Right, but he's scared. I could feel that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I mean, what should she do or how should she handle it? Well, I mean, it, it's up to you if you want to move it. Living together first doesn't make it likely that you'll get married or any less likely that you would get a divorce if you got married. You know, sometimes it's kind of like auditioning for the part and seeing if he can handle it. It, I would, if you really want to move in, I would move in, but I would also leave leave, uh, a a way out in case he decides after there are a few days that he can't take it. Okay. Because he would be worse when it comes to getting married, you know. This, I think he's trying to test himself. It sounds like the first time he's ever going to be living with somebody. This is actually the second time. The first time it didn't actually, when another female didn't really go so well. Mm-hmm. And this is like from what I've been told on his family, like this is the first actual relationship where it is that he's given his full heart to. So yeah. it's almost, it's almost like. He gets really nervous and he pulls back, but then he mm-hmm. comes really strong after he pulls back. So I'm like, I get kind of confused with him sometimes because one one moment he could be very nonchalant, like I'm confused, I'm scared, and the next minute he's like full fold, full fold. I wish this is what I want to do. He's jiggle like, and hide. All right, well, you know, you can possibly move in, but also be clear that you both can have your space and spend time apart and. That, that he's not going to be suffocated because it seems like he's a little bit afraid of that. That's why I'm and saying you should leave yourself an ass too just in case it doesn't work. Right, and why don't you, you know, maybe approach him and say something like, you know, honey, um, is this the right time because I don't need to move in right now and give him an out and see mm-hmm. if he takes it. 
My gut feeling right. is he will not take it, and he'll want you to move in. But that will give, I feel that will help shift his energy a little bit and get him more to that place where he's anticipating it in a positive way rather than from a fearful place. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked when he told me, like, I want you to move in. I was like, I wasn't even thinking along that line yet. Oh. Right. And maybe maybe the timing isn't right at this point. You know, uh, maybe you should think about not moving in right now, but at least at least voice that to him. Good advice. Point. Give him an out. Yeah. Right. And And, you know, and see how that works out. I feel that's instantly going to shift something in him where he realizes how much he really does want you to move in. But should he say no, just accept that at face value for now. And he'll come back very soon, you know, saying, I'm ready now. I just needed some time to think. Okay. But it is a good relationship. There's really nothing in here that's showing me that it's fully run its course or that he's seeing somebody else. There's nothing that concerns me in this other than, you know, to me it feels like this is who he is and just the way it is with him. But I feel a tremendous amount of... Um, you know, good stuff in the relationship still between the two of you. Okay. All right? All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right. Um, Hey, we only have uh, six minutes left, but we have another call if you want to take it. Yep, we'll take it. Okay. It's Cindy, and uh, it's a question about, let me see, I think I might have just lost her actually. Nope, I have her. Okay, Um, good. Question about a friend. I'll let her explain it. Cindy, are you there? Yes. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? Good, good. So tell us a little bit about what's going on, because we don't have a lot of time, but we'd like to see if we can help you quickly. I can try to do it quick. Um, Okay, good. I've known this this man for two years. The first day I met him, um, I knew that we had known each other in another lifetime. Um, We have an extreme connection. It's psychic. It's um, very soul level. It's is strange, deeper mm-hmm. than I've ever had before. He is on an extreme spiritual path, um, trying to become whole before he gets in relationship. I know he loves me dearly, um, and I know things are shifting with us from friendship into possibly something else, but it's going very slowly. And I just wonder what you see around that. What is his first name? His name is Edward. Um, what I see is um, a flower like a lotus, and I, it, it, you know, blooming. I, I just feel um, he needs time. Things just go in a certain way with him. Um, I do feel that you both connect almost from the same level, um, you know, and very much from the heart. I feel it on both of your ends that you, you both. It's sort of like what's connecting you is, is you know, a silver cord coming out of the heart chakra. Um, you know, I feel with him it's just um, an evolution. It's just the way he's got to open up to somebody. So I know you said you've known him for a while already. It feels to me that your relationship is going to continue to blossom and the potential between the two of you is going to grow. Now, I do feel what feels to me to be an ex around him. Do you know if he's recently out of a – I mean, I, you've, you've known him for a while, but is he – recently out of a marriage or long-term relationship? Oh, yes. Um, he's a year and a half out of a, um, well, no, he's uh, three years, three and a half years out of an extremely intense relationship that he's trying to heal. 
do so mm. from. Right, and and he still has a you know a ways to go. He does, but what it almost feels to me is as he peels off the layers and gets closer to that point where he could really open his heart again, he's going to be shifting, and you're going to see more and more from him. I do feel that he you know does his work and that he is um, you know slowly peeling off those layers, but I feel that there was a very very deep. Um, also soul-level connection between him and the person that he was with. It feels very different than your relationship. Uh, It actually feels a lot more volatile than your relationship with him, but it still, to me, feels like it was a soul level. There were gifts and there were lessons in that relationship, and it was very soul... I mean, they must have been together for a while. Were they? Um, No, no. It was a short-lived two-year, very volatile. Yeah, but two years still is is a significant chunk. And the way he sees it, it was a significant, uh, you know, a sig- very significant relationship, the way he chooses to see it. It was one of um, his biggest lessons. He knows it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's also exasperated by the fact that he's 2,000 miles away from me, and I'm also his realtor. And I just got an offer on his property after two years uh, today. Mm. And... Um, so I just am feeling big shifts going on. Um, so where is he going to go then? Well, he is. Uh, he is. He left seminary school to go to um, work an old position, um, a real high-powered, high-paying position in Idaho for a year. Okay. But so he does could, he? He can do anything, and he can do anything and go anywhere, really, anytime he wants. Okay, I just so need we need to interrupt that we only have a minute left, so you yeah, might want to wait. Okay. Well, 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 we'll let Lady Fontaine say what uh, she predicts with this. Well, it sounds I, like you can go anywhere. Right. I I certainly feel that you guys are going to continue having contact with one another. It does not feel to me that it's suddenly going to shift into high gear and this is going to you know. Uh, culminate into something magical in a in a short period of time. It doesn't have that feel to me, but it does feel to me that there are. It's it. It almost feels to me in chapters. He's unveiling himself to in chapters where he. It feels to me he gets closer by the month almost. You know, from the heart. So are you guys dialoguing and communicating on a regular basis? Are you? Hello? Hello? Did we lose her? I'm um, here. It looks like we lost her. Okay. All right. Well, that gives me a, a couple of minutes anyhow that I could say goodnight to everybody. Um, usually we, we like to, you know, have a few minutes where we can wind down with things, but I want to say that this was an absolutely great show. We had some great mailbag questions. We had wonderful questions from our callers, and I want to thank you all. Thank you to all our listeners for inviting us into your homes and into your lives. We love hearing from you. Thank you to my host, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Julie Zellman. Special thanks to Paula Beck, who's new on our switchboard. She did a great job screening calls tonight and helping us with the switchboard, so thank you. Many blessings to each of you, and I am in gratitude to all of you. Have a wonderful week, and good night. We'll be back here next week. Remember to reclaim you. We're here to honor and support you and provide you with the guidance that you need to aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all.